Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers nfl fans buffalo bill fans everyone in between far and wide welcome in to episode number 93 of the talk in the line podcast and as always hey thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful monday of nfl analysis bets and more Now, before we get into all of that and discuss plenty of stuff today, please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the TTL pod on. Hey, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that notification bell as well so you never miss the start of a live show. But if you are listening to the audio recorded version on your favorite podcast directory, make sure you hit that subscribe button there as well if you haven't already. That way you never miss the drop of any audio because we do release it after every live show is over. Next item up, if you could be so kind, you got a couple extra seconds, hit that like button, leave a comment leave us a rating hop in the live chat if you are watching along live all that good stuff we can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do and it only helps us make ttl sports media bigger and better for each and every one of you last but certainly not least head on over to this episode's description where you will locate the talking the line link tree within that link tree you will find all of the ttl cruise content and the talkingtheline.com website so you can consume all of that however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen and beautiful gambling people, NFL fans, and once again everyone in between joining us on today's show. I am your humble host Colton, Colt45 Sroka, and it is my pleasure to get things kicked off today. Once again, thank you so much for joining us on this fourth installment of the NFL Special Editions of the TTL Pod. If you uh, just stumbled upon us here, maybe going through Twitter, maybe going through YouTube, hey, welcome. We cannot thank you enough for stopping on by, listening to a couple of guys talk about everything they know in regards to the NFL and the Buffalo Bills. Well, I keep saying a couple of guys, I keep saying the crew, the TTL crew, all of this. Well, let me make it an official crew on this beautiful Monday. With the man sitting to my left, a young man who is thrilled that his White Sox seem to finally be back in good working order. The injuries appear to be healing. The Green Bay Packers appear to be on another Super Bowl run. We'll see what all happens and where his opinions lie. But for now, 
Let's bring him on in for episode number 93 of the TTL pod. Ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley Armax Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, I can't be doing too much better. We've got a nice fresh Monday. We've got a week's worth of NFL action to dive into. I'm excited about today's team. We've got a few other teams this week that I'm uh, pretty juiced to talk about. We've got some good teams coming up this week. You know, the dog days are some. Uh, the dog days of summer are rolling right along, and uh, it's treating me well, my friend. I don't know about you. Not too shabby. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to uh, think we're getting into fall here now in the August. We still got another month of summer, everybody. Relax. We mm-hmm. still got good weather on the horizon. Don't be breaking out the hoodies out of the closet just yet, all right? Everybody relax just for the time being. My sun-toned skin here over the weekend will tell you that uh, fall is a little ways away still. That is uh, very correct. Speaking of, how was your uh, trip to the beach over the weekend there on Saturday, pal? My man, it was uh, pretty damn nice. I, uh, you know, my girlfriend and I neglected to realize that it's been about two years since we've had some uh, good sun exposure man, like that. Yeah, and, looking uh, a little bit like a lobster, but that's all right. Yeah, my front is looking a lot better than my back is, so oh, okay. uh, that'll uh, tell you the story on that. So, all right, well, there you, you know, go. Uh, wear hey, your sunscreen, kids. Any aloe vera companies looking uh, to sponsor an up-and-coming podcast, hey, we got the man for you right sure here. Do. <laughs> so sure do. Hit us on up, business.talkingtheline.com. <laughs> Outside <laughs> of that, ladies and gentlemen, we keep talking about it. What do we got coming up for you guys here today? Well, first things first, if you haven't looked at the title, if you didn't know, I don't know why you wouldn't at this point, but today's team of the day is the Buffalo Bills. Quite an improvement in the 2020 season for the Buffalo Bills from 2018 and 2019 Mm -hmm. still have kind of that core group of guys have added a few more guys in there but now i do believe that they officially have the core the core that they're going to try and build around and also make a very very solid super bowl run this year but we'll get into all of that we'll also get into their full lineup their coaching staff we'll talk about their entire schedule break it down week by week we'll give you a full betting preview we'll talk about their win total their weekly betting lines their weekly total lines everything you need to have a successful season betting on the Buffalo Bills in 2021. Then we'll dish out our best fantasy advice in regards to each of their positional groupings. We'll even talk about the defense and let you know where we'll be targeting them in our fantasy drafts and maybe even potentially later on in the season on the waiver wire in the segment we like to call Start, Stash, or Pass. So make sure you stick around for all of that action, but for now, strap in tight Get your notepad and pen out because we are about to cover so much information in this loaded episode about everything Buffalo Bills. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get in to the first segment of the Buffalo Bills, if you will. The first segment of every NFL special edition, how they've been going so far with the full team breakdown and coaching staff breakdown. Now let's get things underway here, partner. All right. First things first, if you guys haven't been here before, we take a look at some of, uh, well, we take a look at the offense and the defense and the coaching staff, but we also take a look at, first things first, some of the key additions and losses on the offensive side of the ball, go through all of the offense, and then do the exact same thing for the defense. So kicking things off, wanted to talk about some of the key losses here offensively for the Buffalo Bills going into 2021. Now, 
not crazy loss here Andre Roberts uh, for the wide receiver position but they did have a what I would consider a substantial loss they did lose John Brown uh, also solid wide receiver slot receiver I told you before the show uh, I really enjoyed having him on my fantasy lineup last Mm -hmm. year Uh, he definitely benefited from the arm of Josh Allen and I do believe that there's another man in this offense who we'll talk about in a little while at the wide receiver position who's going to benefit just like John Brown did but we're not talking about that yet they lost Brian Winter at right guard lee smith and tyler croft both tight ends ty nishke uh right tackle tj yeldon my boy roll tied out of uh the running back position and then matt barkley not the biggest loss in matt barkley at qb nothing to write home there now partner as far as filling some of those holes, key right. additions on the offensive side of the ball, what do we got? Yeah, I mean, a lot of those are depth uh, depth losses here and kind of the same thing with the offensive additions and maybe uh, one or two that are going to be a little bit higher than uh, you know depth filling here. Uh, as you mentioned, John Brown on the way out, they brought back in Mr. Emmanuel Sanders off the free agent list there. He's going to slot in and have a big role, I think, here for the Buffalo Bills. They brought in your former man or, you know, your former non-man, Mr. Mitch Trubisky, to fill that backup quarterback role. Sundays are for kissing titties. Yes, sir. Uh, well, for the Bills' sake, let's hope that they won't be this yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, only one set of titties Mitch gets to kiss now, and that is Mrs. Trubisky. Right, 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 right. Fair enough, also. Moving uh, right along. <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> couple, uh, my partner mentioned a couple of offensive linemen depth losses. They brought back in Bobby Hart and Forrest Lamp, right uh, right tackle, left guard. And then Jacob Hollister to fill a couple of those backup tight end roles. And then uh, the other depth guy that's probably not going to be, uh, you know, taking a bulk of the carries but he's gonna you know find some work here and there's Matt Breida and the offensive uh excuse me in the draft the offensive uh pickups weren't too deep they picked up three offensive linemen later in the rounds and one wide receiver so nothing to write home about in the draft as far as the offensive side goes and really the biggest one here is Manuel Sanders uh you talked about John Brown and Manuel Sanders is probably gonna fill a lot of the things that he did so that's obviously a nice pickup. I do like him, uh, you know, kind of the same way I like John Brown. So I'm uh, pretty happy uh, if I'm a Bills fan having Emmanuel Sanders in the building this year, my friends. I 150% agree with you. That is the uh, peg that goes in the hole that I was mentioning right. uh, for the John Brown loss. I'm glad that uh, was one of the main things you hit on there. Right. Huge, huge addition having Emmanuel Sanders. Um, actually, Warren Sharp brought it to my attention that Emmanuel Sanders hasn't had a top-tier passer in his entire career for the most part outside of Drew Brees, but then Drew Brees for got a year hurt or two, maybe, for yeah. a year or two, and, and, and that was about it. Right. So now he gets an elite, elite quarterback, which I think that you can say that now about Josh Allen, and he, in my opinion, has more upside than John Brown did, and we saw great, great production production not only fantasy wise but also just regular stats wise when he was healthy now that's going to be the key too it was big factor for john brown staying healthy he was out for quite a few games that's also going to be a factor for manny but i don't think emmanuel sanders has uh, battled too much offhand that i can think of with injuries so i think that's going to be huge for them you also mentioned matt Breida. Mm-hmm. now on the offensive side of the ball they are returning devin singletary and zach moss so nice little one-two punch there we obviously didn't see the production that you would like to now that's one of the keys that is going to be for this buffalo team this year they're going to have to ramp up that offense they don't even really are off at least rushing they don't really have to rush the ball more than they did however they just got to be good they They just need to be better yeah they they get hit behind the line of scrimmage way too doggone often and i can't tell you the last time that there has been a valuable 
I guess would be the good word, fantasy player off of that offensive line. Right, I agree with the uh, offensive team, sure. And I, it's not really like a one specific fix either. I think it's a lot of different things. It's, you know, the offensive run blocking. It's, you know, determining whether or not you lean heavily on one of these running backs as opposed to a committee, which is kind of what they did the last year with Moss and Singletary. Do you lean heavier on one of the guys, hopefully get them into a sort of a rhythm uh, that you like to see, whether you're a Bills fan or a fantasy owner. And, uh, you know, adding Matt Breida to that mix, I don't know uh, if that spells, maybe that's just a, you know, handcuff for them. A little bit of a depth pickup there or if they're just going to go full fledge into a full committee i don't know i'm interested to see what happens but like you said they just need to be better plain and simple yeah plain and simple that that's what it comes down to i mean we've obviously seen now from 2020 that their passing game has taken leaps and bounds i think that it continues to do so i think that they're just fine i think that young man gabriel davis uh in a wide receiver playing opposite of stefan diggs Mm -hmm. is going to be huge for that team also he actually led the team in receptions last year if i'm not mistaken was very very solid in the red zone short of a couple of weird drops or things believe you're mistaken oh am i mistaken? who led the team in reception I was Diggs was it Diggs Mm -hmm. I thought that uh, Diggs led in two categories outside of that uh nope what was the category that Gabriel Davis led in then I'm not sure all right. that. Well, there was a category he <laughs> did the Vicks, lead in. Diggs uh, had 127 catches. Yeah, he did lead in a category. Maybe it was red zone catches. I know it was something in catches, but uh, I, I know I read that. I'm not just making that up out of my ass. But uh, Gabriel Davis is a very, very solid option mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Cole Beasley, we'll see what's all up with him. Um, you know, obviously hasn't had a ton of fantasy value year over year as over the last few years, last few seasons. But you never know. We could see. I, I still definitely think he's going to be a very solid option for Josh Allen in those 8, 10, 11-yard routes, those quick out routes for sure. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, I, I hope, uh, you know, what we're not going to dive into what he's talking about right now, but there is a lot of distraction as far as, uh, you know, him, Beasley kind of taking a lot of the media spotlight. Maybe that takes a lot of the pressure off the rest of this offense because we haven't really seen these guys in the news uh, as far as sports media is concerned. But, uh yeah, I think Cole Beasley is going to be yeah, as far as on the field Cole Beasley of what we've seen year in and year out. So I don't, I don't expect any drop off. I don't expect him to have any, you know, excel here to have a career year or anything like that. I think he's going to be Cole Beasley like we know and uh, come to expect over the last few years here. I would have to agree with you. So that kind of uh, kind of gives the outlook on the running back and the wide receiver room there just a little bit. And then obviously we'll talk about that way more in depth once we get into the fantasy analysis and start stash or pass. But we also have the tight end. Another uh, key contributor con- contributor uh, for Josh Allen is Dawson Knox. Mm-hmm. They have a solid, solid, solid connection, and I think we see that only continue to improve here into this season. One of his favorite targets in the red zone. I mean, you saw um, the hot rod, the consistent celebrations all the time. Right. Uh, I mean, those guys have a special connection, and I think that only continues to improve here. So. That's kind of outlook on the tight end as far as that. They don't really have a much other depth or anybody else to write home about. I just think that connection continues to get stronger. And then as far as the offensive line goes, um, not looking the worst in the league, not looking the best in the league. I think they'll be able to provide solid protection for Josh Allen. But the biggest question mark, once again, is they go, are they going to be able to run block? Yeah, no question about it. I mean, the advantage that they do have is that they're returning all the same guys that they had from last year. So you hope that they improve on all of their issues, but especially like you mentioned, their uh, run blocking scheme. And then going back to, uh, you know, put my thoughts on Dawson Knox. He's coming into his third year, so I have to imagine he's going to have a nice step up here. And then not uh, Josh Allen also, uh, his completion percentage to those tight ends was was not uh, his 
biggest strength, you would say. So I think he's going to need to improve there. So another thing that's not really one specific fix, it's a couple different things there. So I do expect Austin Knox to pick things up. Otherwise, they could be shipping around, uh, kicking around the tires on another option come 2022. But uh, I think we see a big step up from this run blocking game from the offensive line. No sure. question. Absolutely. I would kind of disagree with you on the Dawson Knox end of things. I think a lot of that was due to Tyler Croft, mm-hmm. uh, getting Tyler Croft out of there and making Dawson Knox, putting all their chips in that table, okay. obviously. I think that that's kind of what uh, what led to a lot of those numbers. But we'll see what happens as far as that goes. Uh, outside of that, um, for the wide receiver position, they also have one other guy um, who is slated to be on the depth chart, Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, not a whole lot I can talk about him, not a whole lot I can say about him, but just kind of uh, somebody to be aware of as well that will be working into this uh, wide receiver rotation. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, Gabriel Davis, if he's uh, taking a big step up, that's going to be leaps and bounds for this offensive receiving core. Absolutely. And uh, wrapping up all of the offense, some key 2020 stats, not 2021, 2020 stats uh, that I think you should know about. The Buffalo Bills averaged six yards per play in 2020. They rushed on 38.29% of their plays and passed on 61.71% of them. Their completion percentage was at 68.02%, majority of that obviously being Josh Allen. Third down conversion percentage, you like to see this tick up just a little bit this year but not bad by any means, 46.64%. And then their red zone scoring, very solid. You could see a little bit of improvement, but that's just being nitpicky, 61.04% scoring in the red zone. So very solid across the board for this Bills offense. They are now fully in the Sean McDermott, Brian Dabble system. Brian Dabble has done absolutely terrific work with this offense. There's there's nobody that can disagree with that. So I think we see even more improvement here, but we'll talk about some of the improvement we think and stuff like that when we kind of get into the schedule here in a minute but let's quickly get into the defense so you guys know everybody on the defensive side of the ball and who they're returning who they got rid of everything in between defensively for the bills now i kick things off with uh the key losses for the offense partner why don't you go ahead and uh let the kind viewers out there know who the buffalo bills lost going into the 2021 season well, partner, much like the offensive uh, losses that you mentioned, this Bills defense did not have any major losses. They lost some depth guys here. They lost a uh, few guys that uh, not had. They didn't have one guy that started uh, more than nine games that they lost. Trent Murphy started nine games. That would uh, you would say, as far as games started, is their biggest loss. Aside from that, Josh Norman, Quentin Jefferson, they lost both of those guys. Dean Marlowe, three and four games started between those three guys to, uh, each. And then EJ Gaines, they lost, did not play a game since 2018, so not much of a loss there. So on the defensive side of the ball here, not much uh, not much to write home about uh, as far as concerns are concerned here. Weird sentence there, but uh, mm-hmm. Trent Murphy starting nine games is the biggest one off the edge. And uh, I do believe you're about to let me know what their additions are, and they filled those holes pretty easily, I would say. Yes, sir. That uh, is one hell of a segue. I am about to tell you about the defensive additions for the Buffalo Bills. Now, that all being said... One of the final guys you mentioned uh, off the edge there. They did fill that hole with F.A. Obata. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing that right. Not too sure. Hopefully I'm not butchering it. But uh, he is an edge rusher. Got him in free agency. I think that's a solid pickup for them. Filled that hole. And then Tyrell Adams, they also picked up out of free agency at the linebacker position. Now, they did have a pretty solid draft defensively as well. They got Gregory Rousseau, uh, defensive end out of Miami. And then also Carlos Bassam Jr., another defensive end out of Wake Forest. Two guys who had pretty solid uh, defensive 
defensive seasons, closing out their college careers. I don't know that they get an immediate starting role. They're both rookies, obviously. I, I think that they'll get worked in eventually. They're going to need them, obviously, on the defensive side, but I don't know how quickly we will see them make an immediate impact. Also added DeMar Hamlin, safety out of Pittsburgh, and then probably my favorite addition for the Buffalo Bills this season, Rashad Wild Goose, mm. cornerback out of Wisconsin. I mean, how can you not love a man with a last name of Wild, Wild Goose. Goose? Just absolutely <laughs> electric add there for the Buffalo Bills. So that's their key additions that they added uh, defensively, either via the draft or free agency or trade. Didn't make any trades. All those defensive additions uh, were via free agency or the draft. Now, as far as defense goes, they do have uh, pretty much every single starter returning. There mm -hmm. are a few guys that are potentially going to be new, but for the most part, this defense is going to look identical under Leslie Frazier as right. it did in 2020, 2019, and 2018. Once again, another area that we both believe continues to improve. Uh, very solid last season. You know, Josh Norman obviously got put on the highlight reel. A couple of those right. plays, this, that, and the other. You obviously have the DeAndre Hopkins. I think that the Buffalo Bills are going to get put on a little less highlight reel plays Most this, definitely. this season defensively, Most definitely. if I do say so myself. But before you take things away here, a couple key defensive stats um, before we actually dive into everything 2021. From 2020, mm -hmm. they allowed five. 5.6 yards per play to opponents defensively. Their opponent completion percentage was a little bit higher than you'd like to see at 64.12%. Opponent third down conversion percent was at 41.70%. And opponent red zone scoring was at 62.5%. So definitely some improvements can be made, but not the worst worst offense or worst defense right. in the league, rather by any stretch of the word. Yeah, like you said, man. I you know there's not too much to dive into here because it's a lot of the same guys, if not especially the starting lineup. It is all the same guys, and we you know we mentioned there's going to be some depth depth plugins here, uh, but I just plain and simple I see some improvements over 2020. This team has been together for a few years. The one thing you didn't mention, they get Star Lutaleli back off of COVID opt out in 2020. Oh, that is correct. He's going to be a uh, depth play there at the uh, you know the inside interior line there so I uh, you know is it going to put them over the top no but it's a very very solid depth play there but uh, yeah overall I really like the front seven here uh, you know get Ed Oliver here for another year I think he's going to make another big jump so you know I really like this defense and uh, yeah I really think I'm not going to say they drive them over the top as I'm kind of mentioning here but I, I really like this defense I've got no issues with it Absolutely. I would 150% concur with you. Now, that all being said, uh, let's go through some of the key guys uh, per position wise here. Um, now, I don't know if me getting on this is kind of messing up. So if you could real quick uh, go through the um, uh, the defensive backs real quick, uh, kind of some of the guys, the key guys there uh, per positional, and then I'll be right back. I just want to open up uh, one of these pages in a different app here. Real okay, quick. for sure. Uh, so the obvious one here, Tredavious White, everyone knows and loves Tredavious White. He's going to have another year where he is, a, you know, one of the top five uh, corners here in the league. See no drop off at whatsoever there. You've got Levi Wallace there on the other side. He's going to be a big factor. And then the safeties, they I mean, they're very deep at the secondary spots here. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, uh, to my to the Day. I still miss my 
a high, a quite a bit here, uh, being a former Packer pro bowler there. Uh, but Jordan Poyer, that is, I mean, that's one of the better tandems as far as safeties are concerned in the league. So, you know, like I mentioned, I like that front seven, but man, do I like this secondary. They are going to torment teams and they're going to do it all season long. And they're probably going to get better and better as the season wears on. As we've seen over the last few years, this uh, secondary, and this isn't, uh, you know, a sweeping statement or anything like that, but, you know, if one if the front seven can get ridiculous pressure on quarterbacks, then the secondary is going to look like, you know, the best secondary in the world. So I think we could see that. I could, I'm honestly a little nervous if I'm uh, an opposing team here playing against this Bills defense this year because if everything is right, they are one of the top five defenses in the league. If, uh, you know, if they're kind of off, they're a little bit of a, of a middle of the pack team here as far as the defense is concerned. But, you know, I think we get off and rolling here for this defense, my friends. I would more than 150% have to agree with you there, partner. Uh, seems like I'm having one hell of a problem here. Um, I don't know if we uh, are losing video or what we are doing here. Uh, I so apologize if we are having all types of issues um, video-wise here today. I kind of checked it out and we were uh, freezing up a little bit. So hopefully uh, with any luck, we'll we'll get some stuff back in action here. I apologize guys with uh, trying to have all this additional stuff on the screen and uh, whatnot, you know, it tries, uh, tries to keep the stream going as best yeah. as it can. But uh, obviously today the old YouTube is not enjoying uh, what we got going on. So uh, we'll try and keep pushing along as best as we can, but uh, let me keep it rocking and rolling. We're talking about the defense here. Sorry about a little bit of sidetrack. However, um, you pretty much hit every nail on the uh, head there. I think this secondary is going to be more than top notch for um, for the Buffalo Bills, mm -hmm. especially if the front seven can get that pressure that you were talking about. I think that they will be able to do so this year, right. especially under uh, Leslie Frazier. Leslie Frazier, again, another defensive coordinator who has consistently improved year over year over year, and I only think that continues to improve here today. Or this year, rather. Right. It's uh, both sides of the ball. It's really un both units have just, since 2018, since the new regimes have taken over, they've really taken up pretty decent strides forward. And I really don't know why we wouldn't see that again this year, my friend. I agree with you. Well, let's keep it moving right along. That's the full team breakdown. You know everything offensive, defensively, coaching staff, Sean McDermott, Brian Dabble, Leslie Frazier, offensive, defensive, the whole works. There you go. You know everybody. You don't really want to be bored with all of that. You want to know what's going on in the schedule. You want to hear about the betting. You want to hear about the fantasy. So let's dive right into it, ladies and gentlemen. Moving right along, the second segment on the Buffalo Bills. The full schedule breakdown. Now, it is going to be quite the season here for the Buffalo Bills. And I'm actually going to try and uh, open up a little bit of uh, additional action here. I don't know why uh, it is messing up like this today. It hadn't been messing up for me um, overall as we we had uh, just been consistently doing this. Doing the same stuff. Yeah, doing the same stuff over and over. And uh, now all of a sudden the stream decides, hey, I don't like what you're doing. Well, either way, uh, we're just going to keep plugging right along here and uh, seeing what we can do. So first things first. What is the Buffalo Bills 2021 schedule mm -hmm. looking like? Well, it's looking pretty juicy, if I do say so myself, for, uh, my friends. Weeks one, two, and three against Pittsburgh, Miami, and the Washington football team followed up in four, five, and six with the Houston Texans, Kansas City Chiefs, and Tennessee Titans. They do have 
their bye week in week seven. Then they play in week eight, nine, and 10, the Miami Dolphins, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the New York Jets. Followed in 11, 12, and 13 by the Indianapolis Colts, the New Orleans Saints, and the New England Patriots. Then you got 14, 15, 16 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Carolina Panthers, and once again, the New England Patriots. Then wrapping up their season in week 17 and 18 with the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Jets. Now, right off the bat, jumping off the page at me, partner, I believe that they get both wins over the Jets. Right. Now, we'll, do I. we will break it down fully here in just a moment. However, I do believe that we see at least 11 wins here to, here this season from the Buffalo Bills. I'm right there with you, my man. However, the problem is, is that their win total is right at 11 right. wins. So we have a lot to discuss here and a lot to get into. So first things first, let's talk about their divisional opponents. Okay. Now, in my mind, and I'm really curious to hear your opinion on uh -huh. this as well, because I think there is a couple of different ways that you could go here in the AFC East. Right. Now, with the Dolphins, I think they get that. I don't know if they get that week two victory. I think that they split. Right now, obviously, it's way too early. I could totally change my mind, but I think that they split one and one with the Dolphins. I also believe they split bare minimum one and one with the Patriots. Now, they might potentially, now that we're live on the show, go 0 and 2 to the Patriots. The more I think about it, I know that's high accusations. I know it's high accusations. Oof. I know they're going to have to do a lot offensively. But there's just nothing in my mind that sees Bill Belichick, especially the way he was cutting checks this offseason, allow any team to do to them defensively what every single team that they faced in the NFL did last season. So I think there's going to be some serious improvements, but I definitely lean more 1-1. One and one. And then I see an easy 2-0 and oh mm -hmm. against the Jets. So overall... I'm seeing 4-2 and two here in division games. I think that they do still win the division, but I'm leaning a little bit of four and two season here from the Buffalo Bills within the AFC East. What are you thinking? I think worst case, absolute, absolute worst case, we see four and two out of the division. As you mentioned, we don't need to touch on it too much. I think they roll through the Jets in both games. I'm kind of with you on the split against the Dolphins. I just am a big proponent of Miami's home field advantage. Early season, it's a little bit more of a toss-up, not getting that big winter split the week before or the week after, and then going straight into Miami. Not seeing that, so maybe that's a little bit of an advantage compared to you know a Week 10 visit to Miami. But uh, I'm not going to say an 0-2 start against the Patriots like you are. I mean, obviously you didn't call for that necessarily, but you are hinting at a possibility. I see at least a split there. I don't necessarily love the matchup for the Patriots. I am a lot higher on the Patriots this year, but I don't exactly, as far as this these two games are concerned, Bills-Patriots, I'm not in love with the matchup for the Patriots' perspective. So I think at worst case, you see 4-2. and two. Obviously, best case, you see, it's very possible they could go 6-0, and oh, clean sweep. But uh, I'm going to call for 5-1. and one. How about that? All right, so five and one for you, four and two for me. I think we got yeah. a little bit of a split. I think one way or another, they either sweep the Dolphins or the Pats, one way or another. One way or another. All right, well, there you have our opinions as far as the division games go, but they got eight other main games with two other conferences. Sure this year, they are mainly facing in their outside eight games, the AFC South and the NFC South. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, they go... Ah, six and two. 
in my opinion. I believe that they get the win over the Texans, over the Jags, and they get their lick back last season from the Titans okay. in the AFC South. I think something goofy is going to happen, and that defense might be just a little bit too much for the Bills' offense. I just think the Colts' defense is a bad matchup for them. Sure. The Colts win that game. As far as the NFC South goes, they get easy wins over the Falcons, Panthers, and Saints. Mm -hmm. And then, no question, I think the Buccaneers beat them by at least a touchdown and a half. So. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on six and twos. I'm definitely with you on the Bucks one. I believe that is a uh, bad, like, rested disadvantage for them. Yeah, they're coming off of a Monday night game against the, and going into Tampa. So I see that one being, uh, if I'm penciling in one loss on their entire schedule, it's probably that one. Uh, so I think I'm with you on the six and two. I think they roll through the Falcons, Panthers, and Saints, much like you do. And now this may be recency bias, but I'm a little skeptical on the Colts now after uh, Carson Wentz got some foot injuries. He's going to try and avoid surgery, but uh, that doesn't give me a lot of confidence as far as his season is concerned, yeah. <laughs> given the issues that he's dealt with. And, you know, they're kind of, it, from what I've seen, they're kind of just hoping that he's uh, healthy and maybe give it a few days and he will, hopefully won't have to do surgery. Surgery or not, that doesn't sound good for him in that season as far no. as their offense is concerned. And I no. don't like their backup options there. So I could see seven and one, but I think one way, if I'm having a gun to my head prediction, I'm going six and two. One way or another, they go three and one in each side, uh, whether that's a loss to the Colts or the Titans, and then a definite loss against the Bucks. I agree with you 150%. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, I'm glad you mentioned that uh, about Carson Wentz there because that didn't really come into my mind. And, you know, that's going to be a very big factor right. for what the Colts do this Because last week they were a big part of a couple of the teams losing to them, and now yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know yet. So both of us, one way or another, we uh, both are thinking 6-2. and two. Yeah, I'm glad we don't have to dissect on the Colts this week. No kidding. <laughs> Need a little bit more information Regardless. before we do that. But they have three remaining games outside of their six division games and eight non-division games yep. against the Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Washington football team. Now, my early lean is that they get the win over the Steelers, but looking ahead, the Steelers actually have one of the better defenses in regards to offensive and or in regards to passing and this is a mouthful to always say yeah. uh, in regards to rushing and passing efficiency rating. Right. So they're very, very good. They're actually one in passing and five in rushing. So mm -hmm. they're very solid, very top notch. I think that's going to be a tough matchup for the bills. I think they, they can get out and get the win, but nonetheless, I still think it's going to be a very, very difficult game to open up the season. The chiefs, I don't think that they win that game. I think that they lose that game, but then maybe potentially get the win in the AFC Championship game. We'll talk about that too. Okay. And then I think they get the easy win over the Washington football team. Well, actually, I don't want to say easy because I think WFT is going to surprise some people this too. year with Old Riverboat Ron and some of the tools that they've brought in, both offensively and defensively. But I still think that they get that win. So two and one in my mind, maybe one and two if something goofy happens with the Steelers. But that's what I'm thinking. What are you thinking for the outside three games? Yeah, I'm, I we're honestly as aligned as we can be on these three games here. I think we get a loss to the Chiefs, and then I'm calling for wins against the Steelers and Washington, but I don't think they're going to be easy. I don't like those defensive matchups necessary for the necessarily for the Bills, but I like the Bills' defensive matchups for those two offenses enough to give me uh, to lean towards the Bills winning those games. I'm not very high in the Pittsburgh offense, and uh, you know who knows what we're going to see from Washington's offense. Yeah. 
could not uh, could not agree with you more on those two plays because those honestly loom really large yeah. for me. And if they do not, let's say for instance they go right with how we're predicting. Well, maybe six and zero, oh, five and one for you, four and two for me, right. and then they go six and one in the outside division games. They could very easily become a 10 or a 12 win team based mm-hmm. on those yeah, two yeah, games yeah. right there. Either an ele- a 10, 11, or a 12 win team based on how they do against the Steelers and the Washington football team. Right. And I think those games in week one and in week, uh, let me tell you just uh, to be 150% sure, in week three, mm-hmm. didn't want to misspeak, misspeak there. Um, I think those two games are some of the most important ones on the yeah. schedule. And not to mention, you sandwich Miami, a division rival, in between those two in games. Miami. In Miami, I caramba Buffalo. Talk about a start to the season. Well, not to mention that when they play Washington, it looks like Washington's got a Thursday night game the week before, so they've got an extra three days to prepare for Buffalo. So, hey, man, I don't know. I don't know either. It's going to be very interesting, but uh, both me and you, it looks like, are thinking that those two games, uh, those outside division and outside main eight games are going to kind of be where the Bills season is made or broke. Yeah, I mean, I think they come out of the gates looking decent, but I, I feel like we're going to be seeing some stories, like even if they're two and one, like, hey, is this the, you know, where's this Bills team at? And it's, yeah. I think it's just going to be because of the three matchups that they have to kick it off. I think so too. Um, coming into 2021 versus their 2020 schedule, Sure. They faced a pretty tough schedule in 2020. I mean, not... Yeah, actually, it was was pretty pretty doggone tough. I mean, they faced all of the AFC West, the NFC West, great defenses up and down both of those eight teams and offenses. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, they were in some battles across the board. You remember the one with the Cardinals. You remember the one with the Seahawks. You remember it with the Patriots. I mean, they had so many field goal and one-score games last year that it's, it's incredible that they got the 13 wins that they did. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, they get a little bit of a breather as far as catching the NFC West last year as opposed to this year, the way they're about to look. Uh, and now the NFC South looking like it's going to be down. Obviously, in my opinion, I think the AFC East themselves is a lot better uh, top to bottom. I mean, I think the Jets are going to be bad, but they're not going to be as bad as they were. And obviously, we're already talking about the Patriots taking a big step up. So, you know, Across the board, it's I think it is a little bit easier, but it's not uh, not so easy that we're gonna see a you know a sixteen and one type season here, in my opinion. I think I agree with you, no doubt. Well, we're kind of talking about it. We've been talking about the win total. We've been kind of hitting at everything. You know, this is a gambling show every day at ten a.m. Central Standard Time daily. And we have yet to talk about anything betting. So let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Holy cow, the moment you have all been waiting for. The betting preview for the Buffalo Bills. Now, we do have each one of their weekly lines as well as their weekly totals. We'll talk about all of that. We'll talk about their win totals, odds to make the playoffs, conference, Super Bowl, all of that stuff. So strap in. Here we go. Actually, as I mentioned it now, looks like the video is all back and rocking and rolling. Sometimes our streaming software, our wonderful friends at YouTube, and the additional, our wonderful friends at Sharp Football Analysis, and then the additional shit we use, all kind of does a little bit of this shit, mm-hmm. and that's how it looks on the inside of my computer. Yep. And that doesn't uh, do for prime optimal Mm-mm. streaming quality. No, it doesn't. But it does look like we are in shape now, so let's talk about bets. First things first, ladies and gentlemen, how about some 2021 weekly betting lines? Now, as far as the spread goes for the uh, 2020 season or the 2021 season, they are favored by an average of minus four and a, 
4.9 points. I about said four and a half. It's actually 4.9. It's almost favored by five points in their games. One, two, and three. Weeks one, two, and three against Pittsburgh, Miami, and the aforementioned Washington football team. They're favored by six points, three and a half points, and seven and a half points. Once again, favored by 14 points in week four. They come in for their first underdog appearance in week five against the Kansas City Chiefs, plus four and a half. You kind of anticipate that. And then week six, closing out their early season before their bye, they come in as two and a half point favorites to the Tennessee Titans. That uh, game is also played in Tennessee. Interesting. Now, that all being said, they come off of their bye week in week 8, 9, and 10 against the Dolphins, Jags, and Jets, favored by 7 points, 6.5 points, and 7 points, respectively. Then 11, 12, and 13, they got the Colts, the Saints, and the Patriots, favored by 6, 1.5, and 7 points, all again, respectively. Then last but certainly not least, their last five games of the season against Tampa Bay, Carolina, New England, Atlanta, and New Jersey, they are favored or against Tampa Bay they are dogs four-point dogs and then favored the rest of the season nine and a half against the Panthers three and a half again against the Patriots eight and a half against Atlanta and six and a half against the Jets so the books are thinking early that the Bills are going to continue Mm -hmm. to improve much like we are yeah partner are you buying a lot of these minus seven minus six minus seven and a halves is this the books buying in too much to how well the uh, bills played last year and going to try to be tricking the public a little bit are we going to going to see a lot of those field goal games one score games again and the bills really aren't going to be covering their spread or are they going to return to that ats dominance that i'll talk about in a little while here yeah i mean it's interesting because as far as their home lines it really plays into what we've been talking about about how home field advantage is going to have a bitter, bigger role this year than it did last year. And of course, you know, you get a 13-3 and three team coming in, uh, in 2020, coming back now with full stadiums. Bill's Mafia is going to be a madhouse over in Buffalo. You don't have a, a single game right now where they're favored by less than six points at home. And then on the flip side, you know, the road lines don't really play as much into what we're talking about as far as home field advantage. So that's where I'm really interested to see how things play out because they're dogs in Miami, in Nashville, uh, and New Orleans. And this was before for, uh, you know, some of this, uh, you know, issues that have been happening with the Saints. So I'm interested to see how their road schedule plays out. Obviously, you know, as you kind of alluded to, you anticipate them being dogs in Kansas City and Tampa. But, you know, those three games there uh, in Miami, Tennessee, and New Orleans are really what I'm looking for as far as, you know, are they going to come in and slap those guys in the mouth or is that are those three maybe some trap lines there? I would have to agree with you on everything there. Now, one thing I also wanted to mention in kind of regards to all of the weekly lines, mm-hmm. we also got the totals. Okay. Now, every single total line for the Buffalo Bills is at 49.5 or under, except week five and six against the Chiefs and Titans, mm-hmm. where it's at 54.5 and 51.5. Then it's at 51 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So a little interesting. bit interesting there. Maybe they have a huge game. Not too sure. Maybe it's a shootout. Then week 11, 51 and a half against the Colts. So I think the books are thinking yet again a shootout there. 52 against the Saints in week 12. And then that uh, that all does it. Is that no? Uh, against Tampa. against Tampa, another yep. 53 and a half. Sorry, I got to get the old glasses fixed here. Um, one other that really interests me because all the other ones are right around that 49 and a half, 48 and a half, 49. All the other ones are the only other one that really, really intrigues me outside of those big totals. Week 18 
at home against the Jets, 44 and a half point total. Hmm. I don't know if that's leaning the Jets absolutely having a terrible game because you look and in week 10, it's at 48 points. So right around pretty consistently for where the uh, the Bills total is for the entire season week to week. But then it drops almost four total points, three and a half points. What what are we thinking there? Is there something that's, that's going to be a key contributing factor yeah, there? I'm wondering if that's uh, the books anticipating that the Bills are going to have the division wrapped up, maybe you know a certain playoff seed wrapped up and they can rest. Having said that, you know, that was the case this past year, and I believe their backups, uh, you know, combined to put up around 56 points themselves. So who knows, man? That is a weird one, huh? <laughs> that's yeah. that's my best rationalization, though. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not all too sure about that one either, but we'll uh, we'll sure let you guys know. We'll see how, how it rolls out. Maybe we have a play uh, come 24 weeks on the mm-hmm. uh, Jets, yeah. <laughs> Jets and Bills game total. <laughs> but that's it for the totals for now. Uh, partner, I've kind of hinted at where I'm lying. How about we do it? Your way too early week one pick. Bills in Buffalo versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's minus six. That's a tough one, man. I I really think the Bills are going to handle this one just fine. But as we've kind of mentioned, that Pittsburgh defense is no joke. And I don't think they're going to be a joke this year. Again, I did mention I like the Bills defense to hold down the Pittsburgh offense, but I, you know, I might, uh, this, this is one of the early week one picks that we've made now, four of them. Now, this is the one that I probably would stay away from, but I yeah. guess I'm leaning towards Pittsburgh just because I think it could be a close game and the Bills might have to grind it out. I think the Bills are the better team. They'll win this game, but like I'm saying, I think it might be a grinder. I, I'm literally right where you are. I mean, I couldn't said it <laughs> right. any better. I, you know, I don't know if that's the enough Bills to get me there, though. so damn good ATS last year, and I'll tell you about all their 2020 mm-hmm. trends here in just a minute, but I don't know. These just being touchdown spreads have me really, really mm-hmm. nervous for the Bills ATS-wise. And like you said, this would typically be a game I'm going to stay away from because right. I think everybody and their dogs are going to run to the Bills, minus six, open up the season, start hot, yada, 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 go on and on and on. And I think it's going to be a grind-out game. But do I have enough faith in Pittsburgh and having all their guys back on defense? I don't know. They're gonna have they 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 have to score points. They can't just score all their points defensively. So it's a it's a little bit of a question mark there. But if I had to gun to my head, I'd take Pittsburgh Steelers plus six. Plus six, and I would and if I was making a different bet, I might take Bills to win by one to six or something like that, like a weird random side bet or something like that. Yeah. I think the Steelers are just gonna be a stay away for way team for me until I figure out who they are honestly I 150% occur uh, concur I don't know what in the world that offense is going to show up like this year so no idea but we're not talking about the Steelers we're talking about the Bills and how about now talking about the Bills and their 2020 ATS and over under trends well I'm so glad you asked because I told you that this season they're favored by about five points in every single game. They were only favored by about three points, Hmm. minus 2.9 in 2020. So a very severe jump, almost three-point jump there. Kind of wild to see. We'll see what happens. But in 2020, I told you they were very solid. They were 11-5 ATS overall, 8-4 ATS as a favorite, and 3-1 ATS as a dog. 
at home. They took care of business six and two ATS, five and one ATS as a favorite, and two and one ATS as a dog. And then on the road, they were a little bit struggle prone. Four and three ATS overall, three and three ATS as an away favorite, and one and zero ATS as an away dog. So that away favorite number there might even further hammer home being a little bit tentative on running to the window on the Bills yeah. minus six there in week one. Just something to think about. Mm-hmm. Now, over-under, um, it is a little bit weird. Some of these numbers are going to be a little bit... Uh, actually, this one is... Never mind. I didn't delete that one from the previous analysis. This one is spot on. This one's all good. Um, so average uh, 2020 line for the Buffalo Bills for their game total was at 48.9. Mm-hmm. So pretty consistent to what I was telling you. Uh, most every week is right at 48.5, 49, 49.5 with a few of the games that look like they're going to be shootouts right. definitely being kicked up by the books because of that. They were 12 and four over under um at overall in the uh, 2020 season and actually this is the first team i mentioned to you partner first team over under wise that has actually had some serious concrete trends right uh the last three teams we have talked about uh the ravens the falcons and the uh cardinals have all kind of just been uh, right who knows you don't really know right there may be a few places you can target but the Bills are an over team. They hit that over uh, 48 and a half, 49, 49 and a half. And I think I'll be backing it once again this year. Five and three to the over at home, six and one to the over on the road, seven, five and one to the over as a favorite and five and one. That is including playoff games uh, to the over as a dog actually during the regular season, three and one to the over as an underdog. So Overall, this team is an over team. I think that they continue to be an over team. I wouldn't rush to the window super fast to be back in all of the overs. But I mean, if you're seeing it at 48 and a half, yeah. 49, it is definitely worth a play. Yeah, I think these overs, as you're mentioning, I'm right in line with you on those. They are going to be worth a team that's worth looking at. An immediate reaction as far as these spreads are concerned once again here. Like you said, last year, minus 2.9 average line. Ticked all the way up around five. I'm wondering if this is going to be a trap team for the books week in and week out. That's where what I'm thinking. The more it, we it really talk sees, about it. Yeah, the more we talk about it, the more I think I'm going to have to you know, take a back seat as far as their spreads are concerned. As much as I like them, and this isn't an indictment on the Bills at all, I nope. think they are that good. But, you know, these minus seven and a halves, minus 14, they might not be worth, uh, you know, worth handling there because... Even that minus seven and a half against Washington, I I might like that as far as uh, Washington plus seven and a half, but the Bills mm-hmm. take a three to four point win or something like that. Yeah, I I, I am all over that. I'm glad that um, you know I'm I'm really glad that we decided to yeah. do this because not only does it make you guys smarter, mm-hmm. it makes us smarter. Right. We're able to talk through things like that, and as we kind of build the blocks and go through the entire uh-huh. season preview, it's like ah shit, maybe those. Maybe the books really are setting these touchdown spreads because the Bills are going to have a great season. They're going to win. They're going to be just fine. They'll make the playoffs, but maybe they're only going to be by the three, four, five points, some of those key numbers that are going to come down. I don't know, but in my mind, it sounds like in your mind, that's kind of where this season goes for the Buffalo Bills and maybe stay the hell away from them on the spread for the time being. Right, because I think, and on top of it all, like they've they've figured out how to win games. They're a team that is really good and they know how to win games, but I think they're going to have a lot more games that are more grinder grinder games than we're kind of, you know, the books are giving them credit for. So, yeah gonna have to take a side seat and see how things play out and if hey if they're smoking teams then maybe i'll eat my words and hammer a few bets on them but we'll see but for now if you're with us you tuned in for a reason you got to be with us hey you heard it here first be a little tentative on the buffalo bills to open up the 2021 nfl regular season well hey everybody loves a good teaser don't you well i know i do i'll tease anything anywhere anytime 
any sport you give me, I'll do it, and especially NFL football. And apparently, the Buffalo Bills will tease anytime you want them to. Oh, baby. In a 6, 7, and 10-point teaser, they hold a record of 15-1 and one in each of them. They're a team that you must add to yeah. your Sunday teaser. If you're if you're like me, you're watching maybe the great, the legend Doug Kazarian discuss yep. some things on the Daily Wager, maybe scrolling through the great Matthew Barry TMR and the great Field Yates and Starfania Bell discuss fantasy stuff for the day. Mm-hmm. And then maybe on the side, if you're like me, you're building one of them bad boy teasers and you're trying to find that fifth fucking team to get it over plus a thousand buffalo bills are that team my friends yeah. buffalo bills are that team i think i agree with it again once uh you know for 2021 here even on top of what i was just saying as far as some of these being trap lines i don't think those teaser lines are going to be trap lines no. i think uh i think if what i'm if we're alluding to is correct as far as a few trap lines here i think it's going to be real close misses as far as the spread is concerned 100%. so they should be totally fine in the teaser once again yeah and you buy into a six point teaser or a seven point teaser sure. and you're getting them at a pick them yeah or, you're basically just taking them to win and, and that's kind of what we're yeah, talking about they're gonna win these games that's kind of that's kind of the way everything's looking so maybe just maybe the Buffalo Bills are a teaser-only team in the 2021 maybe. NFL season. Maybe. Just maybe. Who knows? But you build your own things from the analysis that we have found and that we're giving you. We just give you the rabbit holes to dive down deeper sure. into, all right, my friends? That's what we're here for. We're here for a mental vacation and to give you more rabbit holes than you know what to do with. So let's keep them moving right along. Partner, are the Bills going to make or miss the playoffs? They're going to make the playoffs, yeah. And the books seem to concur with you as well, my friend. Uh, Minus 410 to make the playoffs and plus 300 to miss the playoffs. So uh, definitely looks like what we're saying here is going to be just the case. They should win the division. They should have no problem. However... Go ahead. No, I was going to. It's really tough to play devil's advocate on that, too. That's, yeah. There's a, a Josh Allen getting hurt is really the only way that I could spin that. And Mitch Trubisky has to carry the load. That would be the only way that I see them missing the playoffs. Yeah, that, I would 150% agree with you. But they have to win games in order to of make course. the playoffs. And I told you a little while back ago, if you're here for the start of the show, win total for the Bills set at 11, the sticks. Now, Boy, oh boy, partner, I have, uh, and you guys, I have struggled with this since I looked at this last week. Mm-hmm. Now, I reread through it again last night, uh, Warren Sharp, Football Analysis 2021 Season Preview. Again, shout out, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your hard work and everything you do. You are the man, uh, and if uh, people are giving you the proper credit you deserve, um, you know, we might have been seeing that around here or there. We do apologize for that. We will continue to give you the uh, credit that you deserve for all the hard work you put in. But I'll get off of that soapbox. Um, Moving right along, we do appreciate that uh, because I read back through all of that and it confused me even fucking more. So thanks a lot, Warren. (laughs) Um, You know, it. it, I I see this team being a 12-win team. Mm -hmm. Now they got the 13 wins last year and they were in so many freaking tight games. I think they're in those tight games again this year. And as we're talking about the lines, that's evidence of that. Mm -hmm. And it takes me back once again to the Steelers and the football team. If they lose those two games, give me the under. If they win those two games, give me the over. And the books are pretty much thinking the way I'm thinking. 
over and under right now, minus one ten for both of them. Okay. Where are you leaning, partner? I don't know. I don't know where to go here because in my mind, it's literally the Steelers and the football team. Okay. Week one and week three that is going to just completely how the swing how, games here. Yeah. Uh, I'm less on the fence. Uh, as you as are you i am way on the side of the over here i see one way or another there's a few different paths to the cash the under but in my mind one way or another as long as josh allen is healthy i think they cash this over i mean i said at the very worst they go four and two in the division optimistically it's not that crazy they go six and oh not that crazy they go four and oh on the afc south not that crazy i think they go three and one in the afc south or nfc south excuse me and uh you know the chiefs and the bucks are obviously the two toughest games in the schedule are they do they have absolutely zero chance in those games no they could win those games too so i think one way or another they get to uh, at least 12 wins uh you know you and i were talking there are no alternate uh win totals on FanDuel for whatever reason i uh you know myself i would actually be considering hammering in uh over 11 and a half or over 12 honestly so i'm uh, i'm firmly on the side of the over on this one okay firmly on the side of the over and i and i'm this feeling, is my favorite of the four that we've done actually wow feeling uh and you say that every time when you get to you've said that every you said that know, for the I, ravens i know this is definitely maybe the ravens over. but the first one i uh i think i took the under on the ravens actually the very oh the, yeah we did we i know the cardinals i said that was one that i wouldn't be playing but i know this one yeah. unquestionably of the four this is my favorite you so would, far. you would definitely make a play on the mm-hmm. over all right well you we'll see we'll see what happens but yeah i did bring that to your attention i'm glad you mentioned that too i don't know i don't know why that is exactly uh why there is no alternate win totals that's right. a little bizarre little weird i don't know what was it the uh was it the ravens where there was alternate there overs was no but ten. no unders no right the, the ravens was everything was there there was just no 10 or, and a half. the less than the number right that's what i mean yeah yeah there was just no 10 and a half so I don't know. Very, very interesting. Kind of uh, still up in the air. I, I don't know. You know my opinion on their total. You know Mag's opinion on their total. Uh, whoever you kind of side with more. Either way, I don't know. I still too many question marks in my mind. Yeah, but opposed uh, as opposed to the Ravens line, there was theirs was also at eleven. Over was plus a hundred. Under was minus one twenty. So you could make the argument that maybe that over at plus a hundred was trap. This one's over under minus one ten on each side. So there's not really any way to uh, dissect that, in my opinion. No. So no, none whatsoever, my friend. Yeah. So there you go. There you have it. The Buffalo Bills win total and all of our analysis behind it. Few other key things betting wise that we want to discuss for the Buffalo Bills, and that all comes down to uh, let me see here. Man, I am so sorry, guys. If we are having video problems here today, I do not know what the issue is. I've been trying to figure it out, trying to fix it, trying to get it all in between. I don't know, it just seems uh, like this is just not the day that uh. That the video wants to work, so we'll have to see what happens. I have no idea, and I uh, have to put on my producer hat once the show's over to try and get it fixed. We'll see what happens. Maybe no issues tomorrow, but division winner, the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills are favored to win the division at minus 140. That is the highest favorite that we have discussed so far. Yep. Now, partner, you are very, very high on them. Clean sweeping 6-0, and 4-2 at the bare, bare minimum. You think they stay far away from that. You're also a man who beats the drum on when these uh, favored lines during uh, some early season division winner odds are uh, set up in a half. So how are you feeling about the division winner here for the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, this one seems uh, to me, I don't think it's much of a setup. I think it's uh, pretty adequately priced. I'm not, as far as the value is concerned, I'm not loving it because, uh, you know, is there a world where... 
you know, they kind of struggle in one of these other teams, the Patriots or Dolphins has a resurgent year, maybe. Um, I I do love them to win the division, though. Um, I just don't know if I love it enough at minus 140. What about you? No, I do not love it enough at minus 140. Okay. I, I would never make a future bet at right. minus yeah, odds. Yeah, that's the other there's, aspect of it, too, for sure. There's zero value for me on sure. a future bet at minus odds. And, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's very fair. You know, I, I'm going to take your position. I, I think that's a setup and a half. You Typically, you are the guy that beats, beats that drum, and I'm going to beat it for you because teams don't get favored on future bets and they just oh hey nice and easy we'll give you nice easy favorite odds it's just not how betting works now do i think that they will win the division yes i do but i also think that those betting lines are just a little bit too fishy for okay. me so i don't know i don't I, I don't know how the patriots would pull it out i don't know how the dolphins or the jets would pull it out but I'm just saying what I'm thinking. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So there you go. Um, as far as the AFC championship, yes, I do believe they make it there. Told you I do believe they lose to the Chiefs, but they win it in oh, the AFC did, championship did. game. So, hey, you like a little AFC championship winner. Plus 550 right now. The okay. only other team there behind is the Kansas City Chiefs. Interesting. How are you feeling about that? Chiefs repeat again, Chiefs kingdom all the way? Yeah, you know, it is tough. I'm the biggest beater of the drum of it's uh, very tough to repeat as far as Super Bowl champs. Obviously, the Chiefs didn't do that. It's almost as hard to repeat, you know, getting to the Super Bowl three straight times. So for that matter, maybe I am talking myself into the Bills. But, uh, you know, I, I don't love it enough to be hammering it in. I don't know that they did enough as far as the roster makeup to surpass the Chiefs. And now you got the Browns on their way up. So I'm not going to be quite hammering this one in. You know, playing my own devil's advocate is kind of what I was saying as far as it's tough to get there three straight times. So for that matter, maybe. But at the same time, no, I'm out. I'm out on it. And again, we have six weeks before the season starts mm-hmm. and probably another 27 to 28 before that even happens. Right. So that's just an early hot take prediction. Right. I, I sure. honestly, I, I wouldn't say run to the window and hammer in the Buffalo Bills <laughs> by bad. any stretch of the word. Yeah. And actually, as I say that, came to our attention today. Well, not today. We've been thinking about it, but it was just kind of a reminder. Oh, shit, that's this Thursday. The Hall of Fame game, right. Steelers-Colts, that whole deal. Folks, I know we're excited that football's back, but don't go throwing away your money on no. that game. Please, please. I've already seen some analysis out there and written, and I'm just like, how did you even draw those conclusions? Right. I don't even know. It, I have no idea. I have no idea, and we literally talk about every single NFL team every single right. day on our daily sports gambling podcast, and I am telling you to relax. You don't have to bet the Hall of Fame game just because football is back. If you want to, go ahead. It's your prerogative. But I'm going to stay on the sidelines. I'm going to enjoy it. I, I, you know, as much of a degenerate as I am, I would love to touch a little bit there in the first quarter, maybe. To begin, though. But I don't need to do that. I don't, there's no, there's no need to do that. Let's just enjoy it. Let's enjoy football being back. And then maybe, maybe we'll discuss the preseason. But we are staying far away on Thursday. So if you're looking for football bets on Thursday, you ain't getting them. No. You ain't getting them. Now, hey. My degenerate ass might wake up on Thursday morning and say, holy <laughs> shit, I love this play. And then I come on the pod on Thursday and I have a total different tune. But right now. I'd say it's about minus 110 odds on that. 
I'd say so too. I'd say so too. Hey, fuck it. Maybe minus 120. He, I don't know. Uh, either way, that's uh, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Kind of got off onto that segue. But uh, yeah, that's what I think. And uh, last but certainly not least, back on to the full betting preview, wrapping everything up. You never know what you're going to get here on the TTL pod. All sorts of fucking rabbit holes. We go every which direction. Super Bowl 56, partner. The Buffalo Bills are in third place odd-wise, odds-wise, per FanDuel Sportsbook right now at plus 1,200. The only two other teams, not surprising, Chiefs and Bucks. Right. Accurately priced, worth so. a selection. What do the Buffalo Bills do? This is the last year that they had before they got to pay Josh Allen. Typically the year you see the Super Bowl one. Right. What happens? You know, I, I like the odds. I'm not running away from it by any means. I just think there's a handful of too many teams that are going to be up there that it's going to be hard to choose exactly who's going to be at the top of the mountain. As I mentioned, I, in my opinion, it is really hard to repeat as champs, repeat as getting to the Super Bowl. So for that matter, I might be interested in the Bills if I'm, I absolutely have to pay take one of these tickets but as i mentioned the browns are coming up there's a lot of teams in the nfc that are uh you know going to be a big issue if the bills do see them i think the better play would be afc championship because i could see the path for that a little obviously it's a little easier but uh you know just one less really 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 good team that they'll have to get through so i'm staying away from this one but i don't hate the value at all i do not either but same here. I'm not running to the window yeah. to hammer it in. Uh, I, you know, I I could go either way. Right. I I think that this is one of one of the years that the Bills definitely have a shot to do it. They had a shot and a half to do it last year. Fell just a little bit short. And the image that keeps coming in my mind over and over as I keep talking about this is Stephon Diggs standing on the sidelines watching the Chiefs celebrate that AFC Championship mm. win. And that is the dog mentality that the Buffalo Bills are coming into this season yeah. with. And man, it just, I, you know, we can go through all these stats, all this analysis, all these trends, but there's still the hum and bean factor yeah. on that field. And I think we're going to see a whole new level of dog from the Buffalo Bills. I think so. I'm not too. saying run to the window, but I'm saying. The Buffalo Bills on a Super Bowl run this year is not out of no, the it's fucking not, cards. Man. I'm talking myself it's into not it. Not out of the cards. I'm talking myself into it. I my biggest thing, honestly, is that the Chiefs, like, yeah, I keep I've, this is the third time I'm saying it. It is really hard to get back to the Super Bowl for a third time, but unless somebody gets hurt, I don't see why they can't. Right. I mean, they're still that good of a damn good team. So having said that, I'm you know, starting my talk myself with the way out of it. That's why I'm kind of like we're saying, not running to the window, but Man, is it possible? Oh, it might man, be worth is it a possible? little sprinkle, Maybe. man. Just your way in the offseason while you're getting some plus twelve hundred. You don't want to get into week six, seven, and we sound right. I like the and defense, then, man. And then it's down to plus six hundred. You know, like I don't know. It might be the fucking time to scoop it up. Might I don't be. know. I don't know. But what I do know is that I'm gonna keep giving you opinions on what I think. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I think about the Super Bowl run this year. All right, my friends. Betting preview. In a nutshell, for the Buffalo Bills, everything you need, weekly lines, weekly totals, where we're lying as far as some of our bets, some of our key trends. Hey, 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 we even gave you week one way too damn early pick. I mean, we covered it pretty much all. So if uh -huh. you missed anything there, just hit that rewind button. It'll be here all the way till the start of the season. But I think we definitely gave out some yeah. very, very solid advice betting-wise that I think you guys need to take note of. No, that I believe you guys mm -hmm. need to take note of going into the 2021 season. With that all being said, my friend, 
my mm-hmm. partner, my friends, my audience. Please come along with us and let's wrap up the Buffalo Bills season preview with what uh, we like to call here over at the DTL pod, the fantasy side of things. Start, stash, or pass. Now, partner, one positional grouping at a time. Give me your thoughts. Are you start stashing or passing on them? First things first, the most important position on the field. Quarterback. Josh Allen, are we start stashing or passing on him? Or is there any value on Mitch Trubisky as a potential QB handcuff, start, stash, or pass on the two quarterbacks in Buffalo? Okay, uh, so I'll I'll start with, uh, you know, the elephant in the room, Mitch Trubisky. I'm going to say no. Not a big Mitch Trubisky guy, as you may uh, may guess. Jeez, but that's uh, a shocker. <laughs> uh, even if he is somehow starting the quarterback, no thank you. Uh, having said that, Josh Allen, number one quarterback, uh, in 2020 fantasy point rankings. So yeah, I'm starting him once again, another guy that doesn't fit into my personal draft strategy. I don't take quarterbacks that high. Um, and, uh, you know, if I had to guess, I would say he's not going to be the number one quarterback again. I think somebody else passes him. That's not an indictment on him, but, uh, starting him if, uh, per chance for whatever reason he falls into my draft strategy somehow, but, uh, you know, he, that's just not my draft strategy, but I think he's going to be awesome again. I think he's going to be awesome again too. And if you listen to us before, we kind of have a similar draft strategy. We don't target, uh, quarterbacks all too in the early rounds, but if you are, and you're one of them, Josh Allen is definitely worth it. I believe he's going to be in the top five quarterbacks once again, yep. if not top three. Yep. I don't think he's number one again, much like we always talk about. It's very hard to repeat going to the Super Super Bowl, it's very hard to repeat things like that on the fantasy sure. spectrum of things. So we would both start the hell out of Josh Allen, and uh, yeah, we'd both patch, pass on Mitch Trubisky. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that Brian Dabble will uh, do, a, do a little bit for his career, improve him a little bit with how much he improved uh, Josh Allen right, alone sure. in the three years that he's been with him. So, I mean, that gives me a little bit of confidence, but as far as a spot on my fantasy roster, no handcuff value for me with Josh Allen. I'm going to pass on him, leave him on the waiver wire for the time being. So that's the quarterback room. How about them running backs? Now, it was a little muddy when we talked about it at the top of the show, but you got Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and Matt Burita. That's kind of looking like going to be one, two, and three on the depth chart as well. Partner, any guys you are starting out of that room, stashing, or you passing on all of them all together? You know, this is a tricky one. I mean, my gut tells me to just stay away altogether unless Devin Singletary falls to me. I have to imagine that. Whatever your league is, there's going to be at least one person who thinks he this is the year that he breaks all the way out. You know, kind of as I was alluding to earlier at the top, maybe they decide to lean on Devin Singletary a lot heavier as far as a committee role as opposed to committee role. But I really do kind of see another committee t- committee here. I think as a whole, the Bills running game is going to get better, but not enough for you to really be confident in taking one of these guys in your fantasy lineup. So for that reason, I'm, uh, you know, passing stashing if one of them falls to me late enough. I agree. Um I guess I'm I'm right about on the same wavelength. Devin Singletary. Because I wouldn't hate to have him. Yeah, Devin Singletary has the most value right now for me out of that backfield. I would definitely start him. Ah, I would stash him for the time being. Mm-hmm. If you're in need, flex play maximum. Right. He does not deserve RB1, RB2 spot. Just, just until we see. Now, with that being said, the Bills offense has consistently improved year over year yeah. over year. We can we talk about that, and they are able to fix their glaring holes year over year over year. 
their glaring hole is that offensive line in their run game. So if they do what they have done year over year over year, once again, hey, we might see some serious improvements out of this backfield, and he might be worth an RB2 tinkering with RB1 spot. Now, Zach Moss, I would definitely pass on him for the time being. Worth a little flag on the old waiver uh, waiver list there. That way you can keep an eye on him. If Devin goes down, maybe he starts having some solid production. Definitely worth a stash, but pass him for now. Just keep an eye on Moss. And then Breda. Uh, I think Matt Breda is definitely one of the most underrated backs in this backfield. Yeah. Um, I think he got really muddied up in the San Francisco backfield. Uh, you think about Raheem Mostert, Jarek McKinnon, uh, him, just to name a few guys. And it was a, a very similar to what I think we're going to see in Buffalo yeah. is what guy goes off today, what guy's right. going to have success, or what guy stays the healthiest. And I think that's what's going to come down to this backfield. As I talk about through it more and more i think i'm gonna pass all three for the time being just because i don't know who is really gonna right. emerge as the top back out of that backfield so if i had to target anybody if i was really hurting if i couldn't if i didn't get anybody at a running back position i would say stash singletary stash breda now moss will get a good line in the goal uh, goal line touches not good amount of the goal line touches and uh i think that'll take away from some of the fantasy production from those other two guys but Either way, I'm not I'm not rushing in my draft to get any of them. Yeah, I I like you're kind of alluding to. I just can't see myself drafting them if they fall all the way, or maybe they're on the waivers. Then sure, I'll be interested in them because I like the talent on all three of these guys. Yeah. From you know just looking at them at them individually, but yep. I think it's gonna be a little too muddy. I think it will be too. So for the time being, for the TTL crew, just uh, take it easy on yeah. the Buffalo Bills running back room. Now for the wide receiver room. There's a lot of targetability here. Sure. Now we have Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, and Isaiah McKenzie. Out of those five guys, my friend, you start and stash and passing, targeting anything in between with the Buffalo Bills receiving core. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, Stephon Diggs, I'm absolutely starting him if I can get my hands on him. Number three receiver last year. I think we could see very similar production, and we might even see some touchdowns tick up this season. Uh, you know, he was way up there in catches and receptions, so I think we see very similar production there. So I'm absolutely starting him. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I'm a little unsure of as far as what his fantasy production is going to be. I really do think that's a good piece for their offense, but fantasy-wise, I might be stashing him. I have to imagine that's another guy just by name that there's going to be someone in your fantasy uh, league that's probably going to overdraft him. So, you know, chances are I'm not going to get my hands on him, but if he does fall later or if he's somehow on the waivers, then yeah, I might scoop him up. Uh, and then as far as the other two guys, Cole Beasley, I'll stash Cole Beasley all day long. I'm not going to, not a guy that I'm going to overdraft for, but, you know, if he's, uh, if he's your flex or if he's someone that you got to plug and play, yeah, you kind of know what you're going to get from him. So that's someone that I would like to have on my bench, no question about it. And then Gabriel Davis, uh, you know, I might be stashing him as well. I could see a nice uptick in his production this year. Um, again, I'm not going to overdraft him. Not not someone that's jumping off the page to me necessarily, but uh, I'll stash him. I don't know about you, partner. Stephon Diggs, 150% yep. start. Uh, if you can target him early, get him as one of your wide receivers. If you're bouncing back and forth between somebody and you got any question marks on the other guy, take Stephon Diggs. Much like you, partner, I think we see an uptick in touchdown production, and I think he is, at the bare minimum, another top five receiving season sure. for him uh, fantasy-wise. 
Gabriel Davis, I'm a little bit higher on him than you. I actually okay. kind of flip my opinions uh, on him and Beasley. Uh, Beasley, you're right. You know what you're going to get, and that's about seven or eight points. That's fair. It's not going to be uh, anything double-digit, anything right. flex-worthy. I like to see at least 10 points out sure. of my flex, and that's something that Gabriel Davis can produce. Now, he got a few passes hawked last year from John Brown. Do I think that happens a little bit with Emmanuel Sanders? Yes, but Emmanuel Sanders looks like he might be slated to play more out of the slot maybe not steal as many of um as many of davis's receptions it right. might be a little bit more of a beasley sanders in and out i'm that's kind of where i'm banking my chips on it here so i would definitely stash davis maybe worth a start at flex i uh, would definitely 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 start digs for the time being i would pass on beasley i've i've just convinced myself year in and year out that i'm going to get more from him than i do yeah and it's just always he has that baseline not to say he's bad, but I mean, he four catches for 30 yards is only going to get you for 36 yards, 7.6. If you play decimal systems, that is 7.6. Just don't bring home the bacon when, right. when maybe somebody has Keenan Allen as, no, as a sure. flex on crazy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was trying to allude to. I'm, I'm not going to overdraft him if he falls to me. And that's kind of another guy that just by name, people will probably overdraft him. And, uh, you know, if he's someone that you're absolutely desperate and you would rather play him as opposed to, uh, you know, gambling on the waiver wire, that's kind of where I met with that, where you kind of know where you're getting. You can at least count on eight, nine points. Sure. Uh, but as opposed to that, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, you know, throwing a party if i get cold Beasley. that's definitely not happening <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely i'm glad uh, i'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. it did kind of sound like oh hey i'm absolutely add him to my team He's no no not spot. like that no, not like that no. i definitely not worth a spot for me and then emmanuel sanders i talked about it earlier on in the show hasn't had just an elite passer in uh most for most of his entire career and i think he does now have that i think it's safe to say with that with josh allen and I think we see some uptick in his production. I think he is definitely worth a flex addition, maybe a stash on your bench, plug and play if you need him week to week. You got a great defensive matchup that they're going against. He gets in the end zone, gets you 50, 60 yards, couple of catches. I think he is more than, more than, more than willing of your target when you are uh, going here into your upcoming fantasy draft. So if he falls late, you need a quick little uh, bench ad, flex stash. I don't think he should be your number one flex ad, but I definitely think he should be within your top five for sure. So there is the wide receiver room. Now, as far as the tight ends go, mm -hmm. talked about Dawson Knox, talked about how high I am on Dawson Knox, and I do also believe that he continues to improve this season as well. I think that uh, him and Josh Allen are going to continue to sync up in the red zone, and his touchdown numbers are only going to continue to go up. So do I think he's TE1 material? Could be. Could get there. Right now, from fan fantasy perspective i do like him and i do think he is worth a te stash maybe you got your number one tight end on a bye week definitely worth a stash somebody you can plug and play uh for the time being not with a start to me quite yet but uh, in my opinion dawson knox definitely worth a stash what about you partner yeah maybe stash for me a little bit deeper into rounds i might be interested in him as my backup tight end i'm uh, not throwing the chips on him as my tight end one i need to see it from him a little bit more here to at least from a fantasy 
fantasy perspective I'm talking here. He was number 37 tight end last year. And as you mentioned, uh, that could be uh, because of, uh, you know, the other tight ends in his room. Uh, so I do think he's going to have a bigger role here. So for that matter, I guess I am stashing. I might uh, I might not hate having him, having him as my backup uh, tight end. And with the, uh, you know, the hopes of having him break out, I, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I think that is the perfect spot to target Tyler or uh, Tyler Croft left yeah. to, tie, <laughs> to target Dawson yeah. Knox in. Uh, yeah, I think he's a great backup up tight end and i think that he's a great option if you uh are out of options on a bye week or something else happened to your tight end we all know how critical tight end can be uh if you get stuck with a bad one it might be all but a wrap so hey maybe worth a little stash there uh and also definitely proved to me that the bills pushed all their chips on the table on dawson sure. knox and really sure, didn't sure. make super aggressive moves in tight end so i think that he has a great season and then last but certainly not least the defensive side of the ball. Partner, are they worth an add in the draft? Do you wait for them to potentially fall into free agency and you scoop them up later on? Or should we just avoid the Buffalo Bills for the time being? I'm going to go ahead and start them, my friend. I'm not going to take them too high. They were the number nine defense last year in fantasy, and I think at the very worst we see top ten, if not a little bit higher. I'm not going to go reaching on them. I don't think they're going to be, uh, you know, that hot of a commodity, but I do like them to start. Um, that You know, I like I've been kind of mentioning all show, I think they do improve a little bit here, and that kind of, you know, bleeds into their fantasy outlook here. So I kind of see them as a maybe top seven defense here. Uh, nice little tick up. So, uh, yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and start him. No question. I agree with you. I agree with you that um, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily as high on them as you. I, it depends on that front seven. Mm-hmm. It's just going to depend on what that front seven does. If they can set the tone, there's no questions in my mind in that secondary. That secondary yeah. is lock, stock, and barrel, my friend. So if that front seven can do solid work, I definitely think that they are uh, worth a start. So yeah. If um, I happen to see them in my upcoming fantasy drafts very late in the rounds, there's not a whole lot of other great options. Yeah, I definitely think they're worth an add overall as a good DST on your fantasy lineups. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Start, stash, or pass on the Buffalo Bills players from a fantasy perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, that does it all for the Buffalo Bills. Holy cow. We have been chugging on down the tracks just about an hour and a half here going to wrap this bad boy up quick uh if you've stuck around for this long thank you so much for uh listening to a couple of goobers talk Mm -hmm. about the buffalo bills here today and give you our uh insights knowledge analysis everything in between um once again my sincerest apologies for the uh video everything going on there uh we're finally at the end of the show everything seems to be uh top notch even further reason for me to ask you guys again if you have any expertise or knowledge in audio and video or maybe even in the sports gambling world anywhere in between and you are looking to take it full time maybe you have a little bit of passion maybe you want to do it for a living hit us up we are in serious need it would be super dope if we could have somebody producing the show and doing stuff behind the scenes that way yours truly could be a host and not have to worry about producing the show and host at the same time and have a much cleaner, crisper, mm-hmm. flowing show. Right. Would be terrific. So, hey, that's me throwing the old ball out there. It's in your court. Toss fishing it on line. back, ladies and gentlemen. A fishing line there. Hey, per Magnuson, <laughs> tossing out a fishing line. So there you go. 
let us know. All right. But there you really have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is everything. The Buffalo Bills. And now we're about to jump through some tables, Bills Mafia style. Here we go. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, thank you so much uh, for stopping by episode 93, all of the Buffalo Bills season preview. Now, you were kind enough to give us all of your time, your hard-earned time, and your support, your following, everything in between that you guys do for us to help continue to make TTL Sports Media successful. You know the deal. I got to pay it back to you guys. So it's time for my Motivation Minutes. Now, my friends, and I'm going to ask you too, sir. Obviously rhetorical for you on the opposite side of that camcorder up there. But uh, from Friday's show, hmm. told you guys, not for me, for you. Do something for yourself this weekend that your future self will thank you for. Well, hey, hey, future Colton's here. It's now present Colton. And uh, I checked that off the list. Partner, did you get something uh, your future self was proud of you for? My friend, I had a nice little weekend, as I mentioned, a little perfect mix of business and pleasure. And boy, oh boy, did I deliver on uh, my business and pleasure. Got the brain reset while also having some productivity. Uh, you know, got some good practice writing in, some actual writing in. Read a lot about the, the teams that we got coming up this week. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I had something else in my brain a second ago, but I'm blanking on it. But yeah, I uh, do believe I had myself a nice little weekend of a uh, perfect mix of relaxation while also uh, getting ahead of stuff. Got our fantasy league set up. I'm getting juiced already talking about that coming up so uh you know i uh, i do believe i did so all right well partner over there tooting his horn it sounds like he definitely held true to uh his promise and uh listened to me on friday i hope you guys did too a little bit as it was well, i did but as mentioned i did something that my future self is going to hate me for and has already been hating me for as far as the old sunburn is concerned ah, well not too terrible. That's nothing too crazy. Uh, but yeah, myself personally also too. Got ahead on a lot of things. New month. Ripped uh, oh, ripped another yeah, page right. off the calendar. Got everything rocking and rolling on that end. Did a few things business-wise and uh, got here on Monday and went scrambling around trying to get everything. I got the show set yes, up sir. for today on Friday. Just did a lot of things that old future Colton or present Colton is really, really, really doggone happy with right. past Colton for doing on Saturday and Sunday when I... Could have easily just clicked on the old Xbox Alrighty, or right. maybe watched a little Netflix, a little this, a little that. Now, there was time for that, absolutely, but uh, also did a little bit to uh, make old future Colton happy. So, hope you guys did the same and kind of segueing onto that. And maybe if you didn't do it, here's your reminder. Do, <laughs> do something today that's going to make your future self happy. Maybe you just needed a little extra reminder. Maybe that's why I needed to recap that too. But... Today and going into this week, I want you guys to remember, and it kind of correlates with all of this, to take some time for yourself. And five, ten minutes, my friends, because we can get so lost in the daily rat race and the daily monotony and the, oh my gosh, I have no time for anything and I always got to go and I'm eating lunch, standing up and this, and I mean, it's just, it's always, we do it, we're part of it. As soon as you guys don't see us live here, we're on and going it's 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 the game it's the rat race it's the grind it is what it is but number one you need to and number two you have more than enough opportunity to to take some time for yourself to take five ten minutes and whatever that is 
If you're a reader, read a couple pages out of a book. If you're a writer, journal a few pages about where you're at. I've told you guys multiple times about uh, morning pages. Make them their, your daily pages. Take 10 minutes, block 10 minutes out of your day and write down everything that's on your brain, get them onto paper, clear your mind and go back about your day. Maybe maybe you're somebody who just sits quietly. Maybe you're somebody who knows how to meditate, who knows how to take advantage of that or have been working that into your life. Spend some extra time doing that. Take 10 minutes every day this week to do that and then start working that into the very fabric of your daily life. Don't stray away from that. Just take this week to see how much of a benefit you taking... 10 minutes out of 24 hours in a day just to do something good for you because you're always doing and giving and, and for everybody else. Take a minute to realize that. How much you give, how much you do, how stretched thin you make yourself sometimes. You can always reel back in from all of that by just taking a few simple minutes, 5-10 minutes for yourself. Reset yourself Get yourself back on an even wavelength. Stop your brain from rolling around 100 miles an hour in between your ears and get it back centered. Now for me, once again for you, my friends, just take some time for yourself today and start working that into the fabric of your life. As I said, I do it in the morning. I take an hour every single morning. I get up an hour before I need to so I can take that time because I know the success and the additional blessings it brings into my life to give myself a, a, a sheet of armor, if you will, in the morning. I, I'm able to tap into the positives, the negatives, where I'm at, where I need to improve for that day. I'm able to see how I've already been better than I was the day before. It is so important, my friends, to be able to find success in your life and not the success you might be thinking about, my success, being happy, centered and fulfilled so if you didn't on friday do it today do something today that your future self is going to thank you for and then while you're at it maybe start doing it in the morning maybe it's in the evening if it needs to be or maybe it's during the day whatever works the best for you and your schedule but just start implementing five ten minutes for you nobody else no distractions just you Whatever that thing is that helps you get more in touch with you. Because we all need that. And it helps make this world just a little bit better of a place. So that's my challenge for you today, my friends. And that does it for my Motivation Minutes. Always good stuff, my man. I already uh, added my two cents at the top of it, so I can't add too much else. Absolutely. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you for all of you who uh, stayed around for the very end of the show, the Motivation Minutes, and um, always stopping by. I hope I, if I just impact one of you guys with my words, um, one out of a hundred and whoever listens to this, who who knows, if I impact just one of you, that's, that's what I do this for. Um, get you back in the right direction, get your head screwed on straight and get ready to bust down some barriers in your life. So I hope I uh, did that for you guys today and I will continue to do so because you're so gracious and sharing your time with us. But that does it, ladies and gentlemen. NFL fans, Buffalo Bills fans, gamblers, degenerates, everybody far and wide, that, uh, that does it for episode number 93 of the TTL pod. 
Buffalo Bills season preview on this beautiful August 2nd, 2021. If I didn't say it, now I did. You don't have to check your calendars. Hope you stayed around the whole time because I'm not sure if I said the date once yet because that's uh, that's typically something I do about 15 times a show. That all being said, my friends, quick check. Everything's good. Everything's in order on this side of the table. Make sure that you hit this episode's description up real quick. Check out that Talk in the Line link tree. See TalkingTheLine.com. Check out all of the content and all of the stuff on TalkingTheLine.com. There is more stuff coming quick, fast, and in a hurry. We are always at work behind the scenes getting new stuff out. And then all of our social platforms and content are also within that link tree. So make sure you consistently stay updated there so you never miss anything TTL Sports Media because we have some big things coming right around the corner. Speaking of around the corner, don't stay away for too long because we got NFL Special Edition, episode number five of 32 tomorrow is the Carolina Panthers, ladies and gentlemen. Oh boy, I did not realize it was going to be them. I cannot wait to talk about them. I was actually thinking it was going to be the Bengals. I was trying to do some thoughts in my head and then the Bears were before that. So tomorrow, Carolina Panthers. I cannot wait to discuss some of their new additions, what all they got going on. So if you are a fan of Carolina, or if you're just an NFL fan, or an NFL better, or anybody in between, or you know somebody who is, hey, tell them we're talking all about Carolina Panthers tomorrow. But let's wrap this show up here today, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, NFL fans, NFL gamblers, Buffalo Bills fans, everybody in between, far and wide. From myself and Mags, we hope you have a spectacular rest of your Monday, unless you have other plans, and we'll see you right back around for tomorrow's show, episode number 94, the Carolina Panthers. But for now, even though we didn't dish any out, make sure you check them out on the Action Network app and on TalkingTheLine.com, our best bets of the day. Let's cash some tickets.